Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder. I'm a managing director at B. Riley Financial, and I'm also the author of the new ROI, Return on Individuals. And today I'm pleased to welcome Connie Steele to Behind the Numbers. Connie is the founder of Flywheel Associates, and she's also the author of the book, Building the Business of You, which you can see on the screen right there. Connie, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thank you so much for having me. That's a pleasure. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I am an author. I'm also a human-centered future of work expert. I'm quite passionate about understanding what's happening to us as people, how we're changing, what we're really wanting out of work and life these days. Uh, also happen to be a business and marketing strategist, uh, a martial artist. I'm a mom and a podcaster as well. Yeah, lots of stuff there to unpack and talk about. Uh, we don't have that much time to cover it all, but we're going to do our best. So let, let's start with um, the no notion of the future of work. So uh, you and I had chatted previously, and we were talking about the impending generational shift that's happening right now. Why don't you talk a little bit about what that is and what that impact will be or is currently on the workforce of today? Sure. Well, what I think is so important for people to get grounded in is that there are four generations in the workplace. Uh, one that is the largest is the millennial generation, 72.1 uh, million, the oldest of which is 41 right now, uh, depending on which sort of uh, resource you look at or source you look at. But if you think about that and fast forward that 10 years, uh, they are going to be in major leadership positions uh, across the board. And the, this generation, coupled with Gen Z, have really a fundamentally different way of how they look and approach work. They're digital natives, and therefore, the way that they want to go about what they do, how they do it, and what they're passionate about is different than the two older generations. And that is so important for people to understand because it's one of the reasons why you see this shift in what's happening. Now, with the Great Resignation, obviously that has been in the news quite a bit. Uh, we see people who are realizing that they are looking for really what fits them best. However, I want people to know that that actually was happening prior to the pandemic because of the fact that you have two younger generations that have been looking for more meaning, have been looking for purpose and finding professions that align with their passion. So, you know, in short, it's understanding the demography of the workforce today and that fundamentally what we want, how we go about doing it, what we need is just changing. Yeah, so much to unpack in that very short answer. So let, let's start to, to nibble into that if you don't mind. Uh, you talk about the great resignation and everybody knows and experiences that if you're looking to, to find uh, qualified candidates for positions right now. I'm sure you echo everyone's frustrations. But the great resignation, What we're, I think what we're learning is that when folks are making their moves or opting out of where they are, it, it's not about money and title. Is that right, Connie? Yes. We've heard, we've seen a lot of articles out there that have highlighted the fact that people are looking for something higher order than the traditional definitions of what success has been in the past, which has been centered around money, title, power, and influence. Folks are looking for fulfillment, meaning, happiness. There is this recognition that those previous definitions of success, more material uh, items, so to speak, aren't really what give us that level of 
fulfillment that many of us are looking for. And in light of what's been going on in this pandemic world, you know, we're all now facing uh, our this reality of our mortality to some degree, and you hear people talking about that. So it, it's given us this opportunity to reflect on what it is that we really may need and, and want in our personal and professional lives. You also hear several people, and really we have a statistic in a recent study that we did that we'll be releasing in a few weeks, that over 60% of American workers, now this is not necessarily people who are employed by a company that they're employees, maybe they are a creator, a freelancer, a gig worker, or they happen to be um, part of a company, but over 60% have said that work and career are integrated into their lives. So now personal and professional are intertwined. So not only are we looking at specific career goals, but we're looking at our life goals and how do they fit together. Wow. So what you talk, when you just described there, hit on both attracting talent, retaining talent, and also motivating talent. So it, what, what's your advice then for leaders out there who are trying to do all of the above when you're saying that what really matters most is, is meaning or happiness and fulfillment? Well, so much of this is getting to an important um, point of alignment, just like leaders need to do in their business to ensure all their wonderful employees are able to work towards a common goal and objective. You know, what is important to not just think about the company's goals and objectives, but align that to the people. Every individual on your team has their own personal goals that they're after that are also outside of work. When you're able to unleash you know, that potential that they have to do something more, uh, and in the work that they do for you, it really enables them to move towards their longer-term goals, whatever that might be, and it, it may not be with your company, but if you can spend that time to invest in them, understand what it is they're looking to do, see how there is that important alignment between their personal career strategy and your company strategy, that's when you're going to see some great synergies occur. To me, so much of this is getting back to basics. When you feel that you have management that's truly investing in what you're personally looking to do, then they're going to give you, you know, a, a level of, you know, commitment because they see that they're getting a, a benefit out of it. It's a mutual value exchange. And we're seeing that it's now an employee's market. You know, they are deciding what will really fit them best. And so it's important for employers to pay attention to that. Yeah. So talk about more of these, these personal goals. Obviously, each individual has their own aspirations and, and interests. But if, if someone's in a role that's, let's say it's a technical position and they want to unleash their more creative side, but the role doesn't really have a creative side about it, uh, what does the individual do? What does the company do? Well, for many individuals, uh, they are actually pursuing side hustles and they may be getting some of that fulfillment by, you know, pursuing maybe some businesses that enable them to unleash that creative side. But within a company, there's always a lot of work to go around. And there may be other teams in which they are looking for support that could leverage some of that creative, um, that creative dimension of that individual. So if there are potentially cross-functional teams, 
that could have some additional support where you can have this be a project that they could work on such that it enables them to you know, express the skill that they have. Because let's face it, each and every one of us, we're not one dimensional. We actually are quite multifaceted. If we are given that opportunity to leverage these skills and talents such that there is some connectivity to what it is we can do, then the, the leadership team will be just amazed at sort of the power that they have and then enable to, it gives them that power to kind of uh, apply those skills in different ways. So, you know, I think so much of it is a leader looking and spotting those trends of opportunities in which there is a hole um, or really there's, there's an open space to fill and seeing how the people on their team can fill that gap. Yeah, Connie, for folks who are watching and listening, want to learn more about you or connect with you, how can they do that? They can certainly connect with me on LinkedIn, Connie W. Steele, or you can go to my website, ConnieWSteele.com. Thank you. So, Connie, we only have a couple of minutes left in this segment, but I want to sneak in one more question here. Uh, for the benefit of the, the employee as well as the leader here, there's a lot of fluidity in terms of what people's interests are, the, the overall environment and work, whether you're in the office, out of the office, a lot of variables in play here. What's the advice for leaders or the individuals, the employees, in, in doing check-ins, you know, up-down communications to make sure that folks are aligned on what their interests and, and aspirations are? Well, I think you uh, kind of relayed a key point. It is about the frequent check-ins. Communication is not a one-way street. And given that the world is constantly changing, uncertainty is the new certainty, it's so important to ensure that people feel connected and heard. So, so much of this, as a leader, you need to develop the necessary EQ, which I know, Dave, you've talked about on other episodes, but you have to really develop the sixth sense of your people and know that if there's something that could be sort of potentially uh, awry or, or there's a discomfort that they have, try to get ahead of the curve so that they feel comfortable expressing that to you. But employees, you also need to take the initiative to be able to express what you're thinking and feeling. Now, that has to be grounded in an environment where there's psychological safety. Many people may not feel like that. So, you know, it really starts there where there is an environment in which people feel they can freely communicate where they are, what they need, and, and really be able to feel that there is opportunities to develop uh, a solution together. Yeah, that, that psychological safety is, is so important. I remember being in an offsite years ago uh, where there was supposed to be some, some candid uh, conversation <laughs> among the entire team with uh, no prejudice and no judgment. And one of the younger analysts said, I'm still thinking about whether or not this is really a career that I want to pursue. I'm, I'm dabbling to understand it. And that was a kiss of death for that person. Anyway, on that note, Connie, we're going to take a quick break. I know, exactly. Don't go anywhere. You watching and listening, sit tight. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after we pay a few bills here. Cheesy grooves. Flavor, flavor, flavor. Crunch. Cheesy grooves. So much flavor, it's a mind crunch. Let's face it. Lawyers get a bad rap. 
I'm Erin Bruschi, host of Legal Breakdown, where we dissect legal topics for the everyday viewer. With a mix of interesting guests to talk about current events and hot legal topics, let's work together to make the law accessible and relevant to everyone. Catch us every week on RVN Television. This ain't just stuffed crust. This is Papa John's crust. Stuffed. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking about leadership with Connie Steele. Connie, welcome back. Second segment here. Um, <laughs> I want to talk to you about the book. I know we're going to put a graphic on the screen here so folks can see what it looks like. Uh, what inspired you to write it? Well, what inspired me to write it really stemmed from my podcast that I started five years ago. The objective of the podcast was to uh, provide thought leadership on how to break through the inertia we commonly face in various business situations, um, but specifically focus on those steps such that you know we could really apply them in our everyday lives. Many times we all know the what, but don't really understand the how. In the course of these interviews, I started noticing a pattern. The way that uh, these guests that I had, and they really cut across all different industries and disciplines, uh, they were approaching their work and career very differently. It wasn't that linear, traditional uh, model that we really have grown up with. Uh, they were taking a very nonlinear approach to ultimately found, find what fit for them and applied this really mode and mindset of testing, learning, and iterating to determine the right opportunities for themselves, but also that testing learning, iterating, really that mindset of experimentation is what they applied in helping their clients and customers. So that all said, I just started to see there was something much, much bigger that was happening. And the other piece that was happening is that um, the audience that uh, was in sort of their growth stage of development were reaching out and saying, this was so helpful. I go to podcasts to learn. I don't feel that I have those necessary resources to help me. It just got me thinking that there must be a bigger gap, that there's something going on in which folks don't feel supported. And so based on that, interviewing over 100 people on the podcast and then also an additional 100 people uh, to really get a grounding of what was happening in people's career stages, it led me to a thesis. And that was that the future of work really isn't about necessarily technology, which we hear a lot about automation, machine learning, uh, AI, and so forth. And of course, it's DE&I, but it's really about fluidity. In the roles that we all have, you mentioned this prior, we have multiple. And with the pandemic, we are context switching all the time. So for me, as not just a consulting business owner, but I'm a mom, I'm a podcaster, I'm an author, and I have to switch hats at any moment in time. But if you just project this out, many people have that same dynamic as well. And people now don't want to necessarily conform. We're shifting from that linear, sequential, siloed, rigid, conformist sort of environment that we had 
in work and in life to one that is non-linear. It's collaborative, it's multimodal, it's multidimensional, and ultimately fluid because convergence is ultimately happening. Not personal and professional. It's about purpose and profit. And we're now in a world where it's not about or. People want an and. So all of that insight really led me to seeing there was this opportunity to share a perspective that wasn't being told. And that ultimately led to the book. So the book is called Building the Business of You. So I get the idea that each of us is our own entity, if you will. What can readers learn actionable steps without you, you know, giving away the entire theme here? Uh, but, what, <laughs> what, but what could you share with someone about how they might go about building the business of them? Absolutely. Well, let me also add in another point that the reason why it's called building the business of you is because we all now need to be CEOs of ourselves. We are now products or services, if you like to call it, on the web, whether we like it or not. As many of you have probably experienced, when you want to learn something about someone, uh, you can just go on the web and you can find likely all the information that you want to make a decision as to whether or not you engage with them. So it's so important for all of us as individuals to really define who we are about and the value that we deliver. And the way to build the business of you is really about strategic planning for yourself, just like companies need to do to define their market, define what their product is, who it's for, what the point of differentiation may be. You need to do that as well. And so this five-part fluid career system really involves understanding those trends in the market or in the industry and in you that really aligns to where you want to work, why it's the best fit for you, what you are about, what your superpower is, and then take that information and build a plan, those goals, objectives, strategies, and tactics to help you get to where you want to go. And that's called creating your compass. The reason why I've been defined as a North Star is that what our goal may be at a certain point in time in our life will inevitably change. So obviously what you want in your early 20s is different than your late 20s and your early 30s and late 30s and so forth. But once you have set that plan, the next piece is dealing with the change that will inevitably come from starting to execute your plan. And a lot of times that's where we stop. We often run into fear and fear of failure that anxiety, that shame that we have, which is predicated off of us maybe not being able to be successful in executing against that plan. So it's that change management. So obviously for those in business, right, you have change management in companies. This is change management for yourself. So it's about understanding what's holding you back. And a lot of times it's us catastrophizing the situation, uh, situation making it worse than it really is. So once you get past that, it's then building that important network. We all know that building a village to help you in the direction of where you want to go is critical. But if you're not clear on what those goals are, it's going to be difficult for you to really uh, create the right connections to support you along the way. So that's why building that plan is important. So if you think about it, you work in a company, you have to build the necessary network within an organization to be able to 
execute or even strategize what it is you need to do, uh, but you also need to build the necessary network outside of work. So those vendors, for example, or those other partners that help you implement those important initiatives. And lastly, it's those skills. Those skills you ideally would have identified in the creating your compass portion, building your plan, but it is also continually um, refining that because of the conversations that you would have had in your networking discussions. And those skills are not just the hard skills, which we commonly focus on, probably more so, uh, because it's much more tangible for us, but what we really need to focus on are those soft skills. I know, again, that is something that you have talked about before, <laughs> Dave, on your show, um, sure. but those soft skills like communication, but EQ in particular is absolutely critical. So that is emphasized in the book because in today's new world of work, having that empathy, that level of connection, with people is going to get you so much further ahead. It's all about relationships. But unfortunately, in, in a very technology-driven technology -driven environment, that, I believe, has sort of been um, put by the wayside. Yeah. You mentioned the term superpower. And I just wanted to ask you to define that because a lot of us in playing board games and so forth have always been asked, what would your favorite, what would your superpower be if you had one? Um, What's the superpower you're referring to in the business context, Connie? Well, that superpower is really unique to each individual, but the way that I would go about uh, helping folks determine what that is, is you doing your own 360-degree review of people that know you well. So whether that is uh, previous bosses, current bosses, peers, subordinates, but asking them, what do they believe is the value that you bring and in what way do you do that? Because I, what a lot of people don't realize, it's not the what necessarily that may differentiate you. It's your approach to delivering that value that could be your secret sauce. I know that for me, uh, I've been told that the way I think about a problem where I am extremely analytical, but I'm able to connect the dots between a uh, big strategic picture and tactical information and be able to simplify that is, is a, a key benefit and value. But it's how I go about methodically doing that, that that can set me apart. Now, sometimes it's so hard for us to put the lens on ourselves and say, well, what is it that we do? And we default to identifying those skills um, or those experiences or that the specific expertise like oh I, I can be great at coding or I'm a great writer but what is it that you do in those two areas that really make you unique you want to get to sort of that deeper level and the best way to do so is talk to those people who know you yeah good examples there Connie thank you uh, why don't you tell the folks watching and listening how they can connect with you how they can get a copy of the book and a little bit about the podcast and where they can find it, Strategic Momentum. Sure. So where you can connect with me is on LinkedIn. So look up Connie W. Steele, and that's S-T-E-E-L-E. -E -E. Uh, on my website, ConnieWSteele.com. Or you can also connect with me on Instagram at Connie Wang, 
steal. Uh, the podcast called Strategic Momentum, it's available wherever you get your podcasts. And the focus is really about helping people break through the inertia and really find meaningful fit by learning from the really compelling stories, uh, getting valuable tips and advice from those that have found it. And we interview leading authors, uh, entrepreneurs, creators, thought leaders on, on how they have fundamentally been able to identify those areas that have created inertia for them and learning from their approach to addressing it. Because at the end of the day, let's face it, so much of us are, so many of us are looking for those great, valuable um, roadmaps such that we can employ them in our everyday lives. Yeah, so you've collected a lot of data and you've got anecdotal evidence from your guests on your shows. What's the key thing that companies need to be aware of right now in terms of investing in their people? What should they be doing? Well, it is fundamentally working towards uh, investing and understanding what it is their people are looking for long-term. and. Uh, helping them build their own personal plans. I think that over time, unfortunately, there hasn't been that level of investment in employee development and training. Folks are looking for that. They're looking and hungry for mentorship. They're hungry and looking for sponsorship. They're hungry and looking for uh, managers to work with them to build out their own personal roadmap. Some may not be fully clear on what it is they may want, but they clearly have talent. And it takes amazing managers to see that in other people and say, hey, maybe this is where you should explore some of your skills, foster that environment of experimentation and enable them to uh, explore you know, different areas. To me, it's so much about breadth and not depth because in today's world of work, that utility player that can flex up and down, left and right, is going to be so incredibly valuable because the dynamics are just constantly changing. So again, focus on really building the well-roundedness of your team because that will truly help you in the future as your company grows. Yeah, Connie, we have about two minutes to go here in the program, but you mentioned mentorship and I do hear that a lot and think it's fantastic. Uh, what's your counsel for younger employees who are seeking a mentor where maybe the organization doesn't have a formal program? How do they approach or even identify someone uh, to ask them, hey, can you can you help me out here? Can I you know, ride shotgun with you, so to speak? Well, first, I would say for those who haven't uh, had one to begin with, it should start with your manager. If they are, are if they know of people within the company, that really typically do this because you just never know. If you don't ask, you're not going to know. So that's one place to start. But I would also then ask your own personal network because there may be people within uh, your circles that have found valuable mentors of which they may be a source for you. So, you know, look within your company first to your manager because they may know of specific mentorship programs, whether it's within the company or outside the company. Um, but then certainly talk to those within your network where you know we see many people who have invested in coaches now who can serve as a person to guide them along the way. There are several platforms that are out there that provide support. Uh, that could be another approach, but 
again, it's hard to know if that's a good fit. I always tend to turn to my own personal network first to ask what they may be aware of. And that obviously leads you down the breadcrumb trail to find um, sources that are valuable to you ultimately. Yeah, great point. Uh, your mentor may not be inside your organization. Well said. Connie, we're out of time. Uh, it goes fast here, but I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Behind the Numbers. Well, I truly enjoyed uh, this, this opportunity to speak about the future of work, and hopefully it's been helpful to listeners. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's been a pleasure. We've been talking today with Connie Steele, who's the author of Building the Business of You. And she's also got a podcast called Strategic Momentum. Be sure to look for that wherever you download your podcasts. And thank you for watching and listening to Behind the Numbers. Can't do this without you. Uh, please hit the subscribe button uh, so you can stay in contact with us and know what we're up to. And again, my name is Dave Bookbinder, and I'm the person that my clients turn to when they want to know what their most important assets are worth. So if you'd like to have a conversation with me, please feel free to reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Until next time, everyone take care. We'll see you again on Behind the Numbers.